The Teardown is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NASCAR ticket prices tend to drop right before the race starts? Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all of the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have already downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the race. That could mean the Homestead race coming up this week, folks. Uh, I know it's not sold out. There, that's going to mean there's ticket deals all over the place. You can get some simple, easy tickets with this app. Uh, I'm told that it is super easy to navigate. I'm anxious to hear your feedback. I know one person said on Twitter this week they're doing it themselves. So head to the App Store or the Play Store now to download the Game Time app and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. I'm Jeff Luck, and I'm alongside Jordan Bianchi, at least virtually. I'm here in Phoenix at ISM Raceway. Jordan's at home, but we will be together next week at Homestead to do some more podcasting. But uh, this is the post-race podcast here on The Athletic, and this is where we talk about what we just saw. And this was the semifinal race here, so we had plenty to uh, talk about, although maybe not directly on the track itself. We'll get to that in a minute. First of all, uh, Jordan, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, and yes, I'm, I'm very curious your thoughts on this race. Well, yes, we'll get to that. Let's let's just start off talking. <laughs> I just don't want to be like totally dumping on the whole thing just from start to finish. So um, let, let's talk about the significance of Denny Hamlin's uh, victory first, because I think that is important to note. Um, you know, here, mm-hmm. here's a guy who on Friday, we're all standing around talking and he's going off about, oh, you know, I don't even need to make it to Homestead. I don't need to make, make it to championship because my career is complete. I'm fine being, with being the next Mark Martin. I think Mark Martin's pretty great. I don't need a championship to validate things. And you're thinking, hey, well, I was thinking, well, this is I'm going to save all this material. And then after he doesn't make it on Sunday, I'm going to write this as like the postmortem of his season. Like, hey, this guy's going to be the best driver and never win a championship, blah, blah, blah. Then he goes out and hits, you know, essentially a walk-off home run to uh, to make it in here. So uh, pretty impressive just first of all, you know, regardless of, of the racing action itself, the fact that he was able to accomplish that I think is significant for his career, and I think it says a lot about uh, his racing. He, he needed this on a lot of levels. One, it gives him a shot to win that first championship in a year, two, where he has an excellent shot to win the championship. I mean, if you look at the speed they've had, you could make a really good case that he should win the championship at Homestead and should be the favorite. And you you look at his career. Denny is someone who, throughout his career, has had a lot of confidence, has kind of talked a big game. But if you're going to talk a big game, you've got to be able to back it up. And Denny always hasn't been able to back it up. And in moments when he's had opportunities, he always hasn't come through. You know, that, that 2010 and what happened there is always kind of hung over his head. And if he had gone out of the playoffs in this round that that was probably going to end up going alongside 2010 as a season that he should have won and he didn't because he made a mistake he couldn't handle the moment but to go to phoenix to win and to dominate too and really leave no question that hey 
I deserve this win this race. This wasn't because of strategy. This wasn't because of a lucky caution or anything else. I went out there and kicked everyone else's butt. That's a statement, and Hamlin needed that, and it sets the tone for what I think is going to be an interesting week in Joe Gibbs Racing and how they handle this with three drivers in the playoffs. But Hamlin sent a big message, and, and kudos to him. Well, listen, I mean, I definitely, definitely thought that, um, you know, the odds are that the four drivers who entered Phoenix were going to say the same. I didn't see, you know, a Chase Elliott being able to pull it off or Ryan Blaney or Kyle Larson. You know, Hamlin, obviously, you know, the Gibbs cars have been very fast at Phoenix. And so I thought he was going to have a chance. But to actually go out and do it and perform and and especially the way he did, as you mentioned, um, man, I mean, you just you just got to hand it to him. I mean, they really executed. And 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 then when they had the chance to fold on the late race restart, especially he only has two tires, he would add every excuse in the world to say, Oh, you know, Kyle Busch mm-hmm. beat me. He had four tires and, you know, gosh, you know, woe is me. It's always part of my career. I never can, you know, execute or whatever my team, blah, blah, blah. But he, he just buckled down and did it anyway. And I think that's, you know, as we've talked about all year, this is the, the mature Denny Hamlin, as our colleague David Smith says, the, 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 when they, when these guys turn 39 years old, that's the peak age. And uh, both he and Martin Truex Jr. are 39 years old this year. This is their age 39 season, and they are successful. They are uh, number one and number two in wins, seven and six respectively. Um, and, you know, they, they join a very elite group here going to the Final Four. So, you know, Denny Hamlin has done it. Joe Gibbs Racing, as we've talked about pretty much on every single podcast, you especially, you always bring this up. Uh, it's going to be you, your line <laughs> – since we've started the teardown is is it's not how many uh, it's not if joe gibbs racing is going to make it to the championship it's how many drivers are going to have in it turns out they have three which is a record it is a record and they had the record before which was two and it's going to be interesting how they navigate this how the communication is and i saw joe gibbs racing comments and that everybody's going to kind of be separate this week and there's going to be kind of a little bit of parting of, of you know the team unity kind of thing but you have to be careful because th- these things can linger. You can have some bad blood, and you don't want that to carry over. Um, kudos to them. They-, they have managed to make it work throughout the season at various points. Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr. have looked very dominating and have kind of taken turns as the dominating driver. And right now, Hamlin and Truex are kind of peaking at that right time of the season. And while Busch doesn't have any wins in the playoffs, he, he has he is finishing better. And he-, he has certainly a good shot to win this. So you're bringing three legitimate drivers and teams to Homestead with a chance to win that championship. That is incredibly, incredibly difficult. And you look at what Joe Gibbs Racing is able to accomplish and other organizations are not. A lot of other big organizations struggle just to have one super competitive car. They've got three over at Joe Gibbs Racing. That says a lot about what they're doing and how they've done it. And there is, without question, they are the dominant team in NASCAR, and they are the team that everyone else is chasing. Well, it's it's certainly been the year of Joe Gibbs, and uh, so it, it's fitting that with all their performance that they end up achieving this record. I know people don't like it. Uh, well, non-JGR fans hate it, but that's reality. I mean, you have, you know, you're talking about who are the best drivers. Well, they've they have three of them and Harvick's the other one. All all the, the only four drivers who have four more wins this year all made the final four. Um, and they're also the top yeah. four drivers in top fives, average finish and top tens. So you the best four drivers are there. I and mean, yes, the three of them are on the same team, yeah. but that's just how it is. And uh 
it's you know I will say this though with Joe Gibbs saying in the post-race press conference I, I asked him how he's going to handle things he said oh, it's going to be separate this week there's going to be more of a division I'm actually not I, I need to find out if that's really going to be the case because because yeah. um, the drivers said differently uh, Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch said oh, we'll probably still share everything we don't really want to go down that road and Chris Gabehart said I'm not going to change a thing so there's been a, I can't remember what exactly the situation was in the past where Joe Gibbs had said something and then it was sort of contradicted. I think it might've been the year with Carl and Kyle. It was both 16, in it. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 2016. I think he might've even said something similar, like we're not going to share yeah. it. And they said, no, nah, we are actually. And it was, he was sort of, you know, I don't think he, I think he, he weighs in on the competition stuff, but I think ultimately the competition department there, they, you know, the crew chiefs are going to talk amongst themselves. Like, Hey, should we still share our stuff? If this is what works for us, yeah, and you know, and that's a, that's the thing is is look at what they have done to get to this point. How why have they been as successful as they are, and why change that formula? If sharing information and having an open book policy is good for everybody and everybody can have success, which they have shown, why would you put yourself in a position to even open up that door where you kind of deviate off the path of success? Don't open that door for Kevin Harvick any more than it needs to be. So if it works sharing things and talking, yeah, go right ahead. Um, it, it might be interesting to see how they, they converse and what they reveal, but I, I don't blame Chris Gabehart if he wants to keep things a status quo. I would too. This has worked for me. We've got six wins this year. My driver's having a career year. I, I'm going to a homestead with a chance to win this championship. I'm not going to start audibling now. Well, I mean... I think that, you know, the, the counter argument to that is the whole reason you work together as a team is so you can get there. So you can get to the final four, right? That's why your teammates sure. um, and share information. They've now they've gotten there. So why do they need to work together? I mean, yeah, Kevin Harvick's there, but you know, in all likelihood they're, I mean, just based on how the season's gone, they may have three faster cars than Kevin Harvick when they unload. Um, you know, and I, I think why not let them just do their own thing at that point and see really who is the the best JGR team. Um, you know, I get working together, but why why would you know in the final debrief on on Saturday or whatever? Why would you know Cole Pern be telling Chris Gabehart? Well, you might want to try this change. It's really helped us. I don't know. I mean, that's just at this point with the championship. I think it's a, you know even if it's I think it's different than even if there's two cars. I mean, they got three cars. If they can't win it with three cars, then they don't deserve to win it. I don't disagree. I mean, if they don't win this championship, that's on them. And when you have a 75% chance uh, and you don't come through, uh, something went terribly wrong and it's probably your fault. I will say this. Brain, you know, These debriefing sessions aren't, are, aren't always, you know, what are you doing and can I take this and, and, and have it too? It's also, okay, this is what they're doing. Now that might work on my car a little bit, but I'm going to take what they're doing and I'm going to expand upon it a little bit and see and push it out a little further. So it's more of a brainstorm session sometimes, these debrief sessions, where you're not just taking exactly what your teammate's doing, but you're taking some of it and then using it to kind of uh, help yourself in a different way. So I, I just, I don't know. I, I hear what you're saying, and I agree that you know it should be every man for themselves, an ideal world. But I also know that the reason that they've had as much speed in their cars, the reason they've had as much been able to execute like they have is because this has worked all year. 
I just don't want to change it in the last race of the year. And I, like I said, Harvick, we're, we're almost overlooking Kevin Harvick in respect here, and that's dangerous because Kevin Harvick is not a guy you want to overlook. He loves these situations. He thrives in these situations. And you're telling him that, hey, you know what, good luck against the Gibbs cars. I wouldn't count him out. He's had a lot of speed in the mile-and-a-half racetracks. He won last week at Texas. And I just don't want to give him any opportunity to – come in and take that championship away from us. That's my only concern. Well, Jordan, we'll have uh, we'll have plenty of time uh, more this week to talk about the, the championship itself and uh, weigh in. I know we're both going to be at Media Day. Um, you know, maybe we'll even do a bonus podcast or something there if, if people want. But um, let's talk about uh, a little bit more about the people who, who didn't ad- end up advancing, starting with uh, Joey Logano. I mean, here's a guy who was leading the race early, and you're thinking, wow, it's going to be Logano who um, secures his way in via win, and Kyle Busch gets the last spot, and Denny Hamlin's not even to come close. Um, and they just faded and completely fell off the map in a really bizarre way, sort of like how Keselowski faded on that last restart at Kansas or whatever. It was just sort of inexplicable. But, I mean, I guess as it turns out anyway, I mean, even though they faded, even if he finishes third, he's still done. So – it didn't yeah. really ultimately matter that the only thing was that the guy who who won was the one guy or one of the guys who couldn't win for Logano. But now his season's over or his playoffs are over. It was a forgettable playoff for Joy Logano. I mean, round two, they had a lot of mistakes, a lot of self-inflicted mistakes, not a good playoff, and really kind of a lackluster second half of the season. I mean, remember the beginning of the year, it was which team is better? Was it Gibbs or was it Penske? And it seemed like they were kind of trading off wins back and forth. Logano was winning races. Keselowski was winning races. They were finishing well. They had that one-two finish at Las Vegas. It just seemed like they were they were going to push Penske all or push Penske was going to push Gibbs all year, and that hasn't happened. I mean, Blaney won at Talladega. That's great, but Logano's last win I think came in Michigan, if I'm not mistaken, back in the summer. Keselowski hasn't won since the spring. Um, it's been uh, it's been a swoon over the second half for Penske. They certainly don't have the same speed in their cars. They're not winning races like they were. And you look at other teams that, that have passed them, and you have to wonder, what, what happened here? Why were you so good at the beginning of the year? What happened in the second half of the year? And if you're Logano, it's got to be frustrating because you had a lot of posit- you had a lot of optimism. It looked like you were going to defend this championship or at least give yourself a great chance to do that. And instead, you, you, you fall out in the, in the semifinals. Well, speaking of forgettable uh, playoffs, ultimately, I mean, Chase Elliott, for a while, it looked like Chase Ooh. Elliott was going to have, you know, a, a magical playoffs because he kept sort of saving himself when it seemed like, you know, they were having really bad situations. But when you look back on it now, you're like, well, the whole playoffs was almost a train wreck. And yeah, he got himself out of it a couple of times, but their their playoffs were a total disaster. And round three was probably the worst round three we've ever seen from any still eligible mm-hmm. playoff driver. I mean, it was just a disaster. Um, I don't know how you even, I don't know if you, if you're chasing all the team, if you, if you just go, well, you know, this is just a mess. Let's just not, let's just move on and not even dwell on this because it was just such a, a, a train wreck, like I said, but, or, or do you, you know, say, well, we need to learn from this. I, I don't, I don't know where you go from there, you know, mentally, if, if you're that team, what do you think? Uh, that's a great question, and I think the the one thing I'm concerned about is the mechanical failures. You know, Hendrick is an organization that prides itself on being reliable, having equipment that doesn't break. But it happened a lot to this team in this playoff. 
Um, it happened to the other teams too. I mean, uh, Alex Bowman had some issues. You know, William Byron had some issues. But specifically, Chase Elliott, you had the engine failure at Martinsville. You know, five laps into practice, then you had the what the axle, the rear axle at Martinsville fall apart. Um, you, you just had these things that keep happening that kept putting yourself in a hole where you were walking on this wire. And if you there was just a very thin line, and if you fall, you, you bumble a little bit, you're in trouble. You can't have that. You, you have to execute. That's my only issue with them. But I think you look at it and you say, you know what? At Texas, there's not much we can do. It's a tough racetrack. A lot of people had issues. Here at Phoenix, what do you do? I mean, you had a tire failure. These things happen. I mean, you can only control so much. Not much. It, it, the only thing you can say is you just we don't want to have to put ourselves in a, in a hole points-wise where we have to go into the last race of the, of the round and really feel like if we don't win this race, we're done. Because that is not a that is not a position you want to be in. Because it's ultimately you're pushing yourself to limits, and sometimes you're going to push too far, and those limits are going to break. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, I you really felt like after the Roval and and um, after he escaped round two, you just it just seemed like wow, maybe this could be like the year of destiny for Chase Elliott, mm-hmm. and Hendrick could get some of their their mile and a half stuff going again, and. and um, I don't know, like, you know, maybe, you know, he's good at, at, at some of these round three tracks. He could, he could win, oh, a, yeah. you know, and, and next thing you know, it's just like a total just disaster and he's done. And, um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it was a weird, very, very weird year. Um, really not only for, for chase, but Hendrick as a whole, just the, the spurts they had. But, yeah. Um, another guy who didn't make it, but gave it a, a good run today was Ryan Blaney. Um, the best mm-hmm. Penske car ultimately finishes third. Um, had a shot there on that last restart with two tires, and as Keselowski said afterwards, these tires could have lasted 1,000 laps today. So um, that's not great, by the way. But uh, um, you know, <laughs> ultimately, two tires was the correct call to win the race, as Denny Hamlin showed. So Ryan Blaney was going to have a shot, or he did have a shot. Uh, ultimately, he just didn't have the car to compete with the two Gibbs guys, but. Um, I mean, he gave it a run. He had a quiet, I feel like, kind of playoffs in some ways. But he 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 made it. You know, it was it was a decent run for him. Yeah, I mean, it was nothing to be embarrassed about. I mean, a really good round three, finished in the top ten in every single race. You know, one at Talladega. Um, this is a driver and a team, and he he said it post race. They needed to be better during the regular season. They left a lot of points. They left a few wins on the table during the regular season. During the spring, they had one of the fastest race cars on the track. Texas, Atlanta, Phoenix are all races that they were in contention to win, and they didn't do it. Those points add up at the end of the year. You look at Kyle Busch as a perfect example of that. You need to be better in the regular season to give yourself a bit of a cushion come the playoffs, and that's where it didn't happen for them. And you can still be good in round three, but if you're unless you're great, you're, you're not going to move on. And the same can be said for Kyle Larson, another guy who you know didn't advance today. You know, solid during the regular season, had a had a pretty good playoff, impressive, but just you, you have to have more. You've got to get more bonus points so you can just have a little bit more leeway and give yourself a better uh, push. Well, when all the all the playoff guys are running uh, in the top 10 and top five, I mean, it's it's like, you know, you, you I think like even in Logano's situation, right? I mean, you're you're going and you're hoping, OK, well, if I just run a decent uh, I should be fine. But then when your competitors are stepping up and everybody's bringing their absolute best, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's just, it's tough. I mean, Kevin Harvick, they were like, oh, we're going to go in and, uh, you know, we're going to treat this as a test for next year. And, you know, he's the Phoenix master and all this stuff. And, uh, 
you know, he, he, I asked him what he, what he learned. And he said, I learned I'm a fifth place car here. So, I mean, they, they brought their, their best to try to plan for next season of this championship when the finale's here and, and that's all they could muster essentially. So it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's tough. So, you know, like you said, if you don't have, if you don't have the, the bonus points of the good position, like Blaney and, and Larson did not, then you're, you just don't give yourself much of a chance unless you win, which again, Blaney had a shot. I, I, it was interesting listening to, uh, to Chris Gabehart talk about his, his decision-making process afterwards with Hamlin because, and in, you know, Kyle Busch was grumbling, of course, Oh, you know, two tires beat four. It's not, shouldn't be that way kind of thing. Um, but Denny Hamlin made the right call um, as a driver. He said, look, I, I'm going to go on, in on this restart, and I'm going to um, try to take the top and try to get my tires in some of that grip uh, from the PJ1. I saw Kyle Busch do it earlier, so I'm going to do that, and hopefully that will help me hold off the car that's uh, alongside of me. And um, he was hoping that it wouldn't be Kyle Busch because he didn't know if he, he could hold him off, and it wasn't because Kyle Busch went so low to try to battle with Blaney there that, that Bush's tires got dirty just for half a second. And when they did, he slipped up just enough that he couldn't regain his momentum. I, I see people on Twitter saying, Oh, we let him win or so whatever. You, there's, there's no so you way. Don't think he, you don't think Kyle Bush let Denny Hamlin win. There's no way, no <laughs> way. Kyle Bush would not let his own kid win at something. He's not going to let Denny Hamlin who he races the crap out of all the time. He's not going to let him and, – and when Kyle Busch has not won a race since whatever, June or, or something, he's not going to let somebody win a race. There's no way. No way. Sorry. I don't buy that. Um, I, I understand that, peop, that they said to him on the radio, okay, you know, be careful with the 11 here. But what they were saying was if you get ahead of the 11, he's likely to move you, and if he moves you up the track yeah. – you might wreck and miss the playoffs because then then you you might get passed by Logano. So um, that's that's what they were saying to him. Not be careful, like let him you know let him do his thing. That wasn't what they were saying. The the they they were concerned about their own teammate wrecking them. So do you think they were going to let him win? I say no. no. What's your take? Are, am I wrong? No, I, I think there's you got to look at the bigger picture there. And I, I there's no way. I mean, come on, this is Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is going to pull over for anybody. And he wants to win. He's he's had a frustrating second half of the season. Like you said, hasn't won in, what is it, 21, 22 races and counting or something like that? Uh, no. I mean, he's, he's not going to do that. I have a question for you, though. A hypothetical, since we did this last week. Okay. If you're Joe Gibbs racing and you're watching the last 30 laps and Kyle Busch is running second to Denny Hamlin, do you tell Kyle Busch the situation and say, Kyle, we know you want to win. But we're going to need you to finish second because if you pass Denny, he's not going to make it to Homestead. You may win the race, but that means only two of our cars are going to get to Homestead. What do you do? Well, Joe Gibbs, after the race, said he was essentially rooting uh, in his mind for um, for Denny because he knew it would be better for the company. Yep. Um, but he also said he he basically said, "You guys, do you think that these guys would even listen to me if I gave team orders like this? This group of drivers <laughs> I had who run over each other all the time." And have incidents and run-ins. He, he said, "Like, do you think they would pay attention if I said something?" He's like, "There's no way," and that's where that's where I think it comes from. I mean, I like again. You let's say let's say Joe Gibbs did say to Kyle Busch, "All right, Kyle, back it down here." Kyle Busch, knowing we all know him, he's going to say, 
F you, coach, and he's going to go out and do it anyway and then do a huge burnout right in everybody's face. I mean, it's just that's, <laughs> that's true. That's like that's Kyle, right? So it, he's, you know, I understand all the conspiracy stuff because that stuff's easy to picture, and you say, well, Kyle's on four tires. Well, I hate to tell you this, but tires didn't really mean that much today, uh, and that's a problem. Um, and actually, that's a good segue into our discussion about the race itself because, Jordan, the race itself sucked. It was not good. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else you say. It was, it was bad. It was. It was one of the considering everything that was at stake, considering the hype, considering the magnitude of what this race is supposed to represent as the last chance to get in the championship. It was terrible. It, arguably, the, maybe the worst race of the season. Well, it you know it was covered up in some ways or or glossed over by some of the playoff drama, which helped certainly helped the storylines of the race. But the racing when it comes to passing people or, you know, side-by-side battles. I mean, w- when these guys are struggling on a, a shorter track, I'm not going to say a short track, but a one-mile track to get around lap cars or, you know, Denny Hammond with a clearly faster car, turned out the race-winning car couldn't pass Chase Elliott for like 70 laps or something, um, mm-hmm. you know, over and over again taking shots at him and was, you know, just this this buffer of, of air. He could not break through it. Um, that's just not good. And the tires don't give up. And all the drivers afterwards were just like, yeah, this is uh, hopefully something can be done. I mean, it's just, it it wasn't, they, they know it, it wasn't good. I mean, they, they're out there, they couldn't pass people. And it's, it's a problem because this is the championship race next year. This is, there's going to be a huge spotlight on this. How's it going to look? And especially compared to Homestead, which always is great racing and so exciting and, um, you know, the, the tire wear and running against the wall. And it's just, it's, it's all sorts of great stuff and you're going to be moving it to Phoenix. So it, it better be good. And this same rules package, it, unless they do something, I don't know what they can do at this point, but um, I would hope that NASCAR sees this and says, all right, all right, this is, we can't have this, you know? And that's where I'm at is I, I kind of hope this is the Waterloo, the moment where everyone kind of collectively realizes Okay, we added traction compound to this track to try to make it better. That didn't work. There's nothing else left for us to do. We can go to Goodyear and ask for a better compound tire that has more wear. But even then, there's no guarantees. And even then, we're not sure Goodyear's going to actually bring the tire. See what happens at Martinsville. Um, you, you just hope that everybody gets together and says, okay, we need to figure out the solution to this. I know we can't have new rules, packages, and everything because of all sorts of limitations. But there, there has to be some kind of fix, or you hope that the smart people can get together and come, come up with a simple, straightforward, hopefully less exp- you know, inexpensive way to fix this because this has been a common occurrence all season on the short tracks and the road courses. You know, the package is working on the intermediate tracks as intended. The racing is improved, but this is not a product that you. It's something to be proud of on, on these these smaller tracks, and it's tough when you have races like this and the playoff drama was great today and everything, but you, you just can't rely on Joey Logano's car having a handling issue and him falling like a rock and Denny Hamlin having a rocket ship and going to victory lane for storyline drama. You've got to have more than this and this track has to deliver. And it's great that, you know, the, uh, I, or the company formerly known as ISC has pumped in a bunch of money into Phoenix and has turned it into a beautiful facility, top, you know, top notch, everything that's great, but at the bottom line, at the end of the day, NASCAR is about what happens on the racetrack, and what's happening on the racetrack right now leaves a little bit to be desired. 
Yeah, now that's putting it very nicely. So uh, in that sense, I I don't know where to go with the was it a good race poll. Um, I'm very, you know, I obviously Twitter was not very enthusiastic about it, as you and I uh, also share that sentiment. But I think that there was some playoff drama enough for people to think it was, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You want to take the first crack at this one, Jordan, or you want me to, to sure. do it? I'll, I think I'm I might have won throw, last I'm week. I'm just throwing it. So. Yeah, I'm just throwing a number against the board. I'm going to say 35%. Dang, I wanted to go in the mid-30s, too. Okay, well, you know, last week it was, we both went, I believe we both went in the 30s, right? And wasn't it higher? It was in the, it was like 48 or something like that? I, I think, think you, I was going to go 30s and I ended up like 42%. I'm claiming the win. No, I don't think that's what happened. I think you were like, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, I'm going to pull the tape, but um, anyway, bottom line is... Uh, I'll I'll say I'll just say forty percent just because maybe people will nah I don't think so. Now you know what I'm gonna go I'm gonna go below you. I'm gonna go thirty I'll I'll just let's just go higher or lower than thirty five percent. I'll go thirty four percent, you go thirty five, and then there'll be a clear there won't be no tie. There'll be a clear winner. How about that? Sounds great. Okay. Jordan, um, you know, we're uh we're having a a big week here on the athletic of course because we're going to be pumping out all sorts of hashtag content uh you know right now if you go there i haven't written my top five yet so the hashtag content up there is the content bubba wallace and everybody else gave us this weekend with the uh talk all the talk about the intentional cautions which i got two stories out of because all the drivers kept reacting with all sorts of opinions first on friday it was well geez uh what should NASCAR do? What, what's the right thing to do? And then they were reacting to what, what does Bubba's fine mean? What's the message they take out of it? Tons of driver reaction. That's all up on the athletic. And the good news is that right now there's a 40% off deal. It is still good through the end of this NASCAR season. And if you go to the athletic.com slash green flag, you can get that 40% off deal for the entire year. Um, calendar year you know from whenever you subscribe plus all the other sports it's not just racing so you'll your off season will be filled with nfl or nba or hockey or college sports whatever um and uh, of course we'll have stuff live from homestead you and i'll both be there we'll be writing stories we'll have preview stuff we'll have the final 12 questions this week so all of that you can get on the athletic if you subscribe jordan I will see you Wednesday, but uh, until then, any final thoughts on Phoenix or the championship situation or anything else? I think you look at you look at Homestead and the championship. These are the four best drivers and teams throughout the entirety of the season. Uh, at various times, they have looked like dom- they have looked very dominating. I'm very excited to see how these guys go against each other straight up, head on for the championship. And whoever does win this championship will certainly have deserved it. Yeah, I think that's the good thing is that you're not going to get the fluke possibility this year, which is always a a little bit of a nervousness like, oh, is there going to be some guy that comes out of nowhere and then everybody has to embrace him as champion and go, oh, geez, this guy wasn't really that good this year. Um, But no, you have the best four drivers, so it's going to be a worthy champ. We will be talking about that very soon with all of you. We'll talk to you next time on The Teardown.